welcome everybody to the episode of Tete Tete with ADI Ahmedabad. Today we have very, very special guests all the way from Lahore. And uh, we have uh, Kiran Khan here, Roma Khan and Anam Khuram. It's been uh, really wonderful because I had the opportunity to meet them when I visited Pakistan in 2014 and saw the wonderful work they were doing. So when I started this tete-a-tete sessions, uh, they were on my list ever since that we must do something with the BNU. I'd also like Anuj to say a few words and introduce ADI in general, uh, what the association is all about. Uh, thank you, Gauri, for inviting them, first of all, because uh, I said it's been uh, uh, you know, one of my dreams to go would be in that country. And uh, so my first intera- I first interacted with... Uh, uh, in this valley, people in '96, at, as a student at, uh, at NID, uh, I saw them and there were just two bunch of people. I looked at one and I thought they must be from there and they must be from Bombay. And when I was so surprised later when my whole idea changed, and I slowly came to know them and they were so beautiful in speaking. And ever since I've been, only, my only desire is to be in Pakistan, know more about, do things about. Anyways, so. Uh, Thank you for accepting our offer to be here. And uh, uh, ADI is a, uh, it's a formal body which uh, wants to represent designers of India to the government and different bodies and connect designers and connect designers and students, connect designers and uh, the government bodies, the municipalities, and all kinds of people. So it's just a simple body which uh, uh, there has been no body of designers before. There is no association before. But this is a uh, this is an effort uh, uh, which is going to it's slowly shaping up. And part of that effort, we try and do the different events. Where largely, it's been online for the last one year for us. But we do have under the umbrella of this uh, um, events like Pune Design Festivals. And there are lots of events across country regularly, uh, which we have an online Instagram presence also through which you can also know what we do. So thank you once again. I think that will be more than enough for now. And it will be nicer to know more about you guys than just uh, me talking about ADI. So thank you and welcome again. And uh, welcome all the people who are joining us today. And I hope uh, we uh, they can make a great sense out of what we talk. Thank you. So um, Kiran, if you could introduce yourself to the yes. people here as they're still sure, sure. Here, but All right. Okay. Um, my name is uh, Kiran Khan. And um, I am a, a textile uh, fiber artist. I am also affiliated with the academia for now past 25 years. Um, I'm currently heading the Department of Textile Fashion and Accessories at Beacon House National University, uh, Lahore. And uh, I've been with the Institute uh, for a very, very long time now. Um, I used to teach at another um, leading design institute earlier on, uh, but then uh, my mentors, one of them being uh, Mrs. Salima Hashmi, asked me to join BNU and set up uh, the textile department, and hence I moved here in 2004. Um, I've also done my master's in linguistics, um, hence there is the connection that I feel is there between uh, language and, and textiles and the creative arts. Um, apart from that, I have also been trained at uh, Bunka College of Fashion for some short courses and 
at uh, La Chance de Gaal in uh, Paris, France, and I am a graduate of National College of Art. Uh, that's it. <laughs> Roma, yeah. All right. Again, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Roma Khan, and I've uh, been associated uh, with the Birkenau National University since 2005. Um, I graduated soon before that, so it's been about um, 16, 17 years since I've been with the Institute. Um, I run an advertising agency uh, apart from uh, my academic practice. I work as a artist. I, I don't know how to call myself uh, a fiber artist or a multidisciplinary artist because I work with objects. And you know how it is these days, it's very difficult for us to define what kind of artist you are, but I like to make works and I like to express myself through various things. Um, and yeah, I think I'm also really interested in, uh, I, I think my interests span across time from very deep historical to uh, kind of futuristic um, uh, sensorial textiles. So I have done some uh, kind of uh, residencies with, uh, uh, with electronic um, smart textiles. And uh, yeah, and I've been, um, with my advertising, I think I'm really interested in storytelling. I've been involved in a lot of craft-based projects. Um, and I think we're going to talk about um, our craft-based projects as we go along. So yeah, that's me. Anam, you, you're not audible. Hi, everyone. This is Anam Kuram. It is wonderful to be here amongst all of you wonderful individuals who have such amazing, um, uh, you know, bodies of work. It's a pleasure to be here, first of all. I'm a graduate of Beacon House National University, and I graduated in 2018. And uh, since then, I've been uh, assisting and facilitating at various courses at BNU and working alongside as a textile designer in the field, freelance and programs like Sapphire that are... Um, um, am I audible now? Yeah. Yeah, so alongside, I've been working with some of commercial brands freelance as well. That's uh, what I was saying. Okay. I hope that I was audible. Wonderful. So, so that was a little bit about me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, could you explain to us a little bit about uh, how one, uh, what's the journey one has to pass before one can enter uh, the design school? Uh, well, by and large, you know, we have uh, this uh, system, schooling system called matriculation, metric in short. Uh, so either students uh, do uh, 10 years of schooling and then two years of intermediate, and then they enter into university, which is a four-year uh, degree program. Or if they do their O-level and then A-levels, which is 11 years and then two years, and then they enter um, uh, into design schools, four-year degree. So that is uh, by and large the structure. Um, uh, and it is uh, all universities are um, sort of uh, affiliated with higher education commission. Uh, and they work uh, under those uh, under that umbrella. Um, and to enter a design school, um, every university have uh, you know their own designed um, entrance test. So National College of Arts, uh, you know, being the pioneer, they have uh, you know a drawing test and uh, some other formalities that they look at, an English language test and etc. Um, but BNU, um, we've sort of you know tried to be a little uh, different and not follow the, the, the regular path. So the test at uh, BNU is um, very open-ended. We have um, uh, a visual uh, comprehension test drawing exam, and we also have a general knowledge exam. Uh, but the drawing uh, exam is not, uh, you know, the conventional sort of drawing. Uh, 
you do not have figure sitting in front of you. And uh, we used to do that in the very, very beginning, but now it's been many, many years that we try to look at uh, a student's creative ability. And then, um, so the drawing can be, uh, you know, it can be a drawing of a mobile phone, it can be something from the imagination, it can be a logo design, etc. Uh, and then uh, we do interview all candidates, whether they qualify in the test or not, but we do interview all of them to give a fair chance uh, to everyone because um, I think we feel that sometimes uh, it's just a bad day and you don't perform well in the test. So that the interview gives us, uh, you know, uh, a detailed know-how our candidate uh, much better than what we just see on, on paper through the test. Yeah, so that's it. Anything you'd like to add, Roma? अब मुश्किल नहीं हो जाता होगा कि इतने सारे लोगों का इंटरव्यू लेना मतलब कितने लोग अप्लाई करते हैं हां इतने सारे सही कह रहे हम बहुत इट्स बैड ब्रेकिंग टू से द लीस्ट इट्स बैड ब्रेकिंग हम बहुत थक जाते हैं हां लेकिन ये है कि हम जब इंटरव्यू लेने बैठते हैं कुछ अच्छे लोगों का इंटरव्यू लेते हैं तो उसमें हमारा दिल भी लग जाता है तो दिन में 10 इंटरव्यू या 15 इंटरव्यू होता है तो आप आप तो पता नहीं मतलब कम से हजार की तादाद में तो होते होंगे नहीं हजार तो नहीं होते अभी बीएनयू में तकरीबन कोई 400 तक होते हैं लेकिन उसमें यह है कि व्हाट वी डू इज दैट द एचओडीज द हेड ऑफ डिपार्टमेंट्स देन यू नो दे सिट थ्रू मोस्ट ऑफ द इंटरव्यू सो इफ समबडी इज अप्लाइंग टू द टीएफए डिपार्टमेंट व्हिच इज टेक्सटाइल फैशन एंड एक्सेसरीज then yes i have to that will be around 120 students maybe in tfa so i will sit in all the interviews and then i will uh, sort of ask my faculty to take turns uh, so we divide that schedule maybe over over five days or a week or something like that and then we have two sets of admissions there's early admission and then there's late admissions as well okay uh, so uh, it gives a chance uh, you know to students but um, yes you are right it is back breaking and it's very very intense जो लोग आते हैं ये पूरे हर आजू बाजू दूर दराज कहीं बहुत सारी जगहों से आते होंगे तो भाषा का क्या क्योंकि मुझे अक्सर हमारे यहाँ पे ऐसा लगता है कि भाषा हमारी काफी अंग्रेजी हो गई है तो उस चक्कर में जैसे जैसे डिजाइन का शब्द है भी नहीं हमारे पास हिंदी में तो काफी तकलीफ हो जाती है कभी कभी की किस तरह से तो काफी सारे बच्चों का एडमिशन भाषा की वजह से भी रह जाता है अब तो खैर बहुत सारे कॉलेज हो गए हैं तो ऑप्शन बहुत हो गए मगर एक जमाने में ऐसी तकलीफ हुआ करती थी तो भाषा से काफी जुड़ावा है ये डिजाइन और संस्कृति Uh, you know english has just taken over as instruction and we do have those challenges here as well lekin uh, i am a great believer ki hum jab interview lete hain na students ka to agar unhone maybe written test mein acha na bhi kiya ho we are somehow able to see that creative aspect of the students so we've had students from you know uh, interior areas of sind then maybe you know kpk and other areas um, uh, of the country jinke liye bahut mushkil tha angrezi mein karna but if you have you know if you have a student who is a willing learner uh, somehow wo uh, theories bhi uh, humne realize kiya ki wo kuch na kuch uske andar manage kar hi lete hain 
so uh, we don't uh, necessarily as a policy uh, you know reject students just on the base of uh, you know if they're not doing well in their english language exam usme abhi humne recently add kiya is students who struggle then we do have a, a creative writing course in foundation year and everybody is not required to take that course but people who are struggling uh with a theory course because of the language then you know they get additional help and it's a zero credit course and that helps them sort of you know um, inject into the main uh, streamline theory courses studios mein nahi problem hoti because by and large all all faculty they do facilitate uh, you know creative learning whichever language it is so studio mein studio mein koi problem nahi hota theory mein hum we try and support as much as we can nice i mean i would i would also like to add that we have had students who've been impaired with their speech and hearing also and we've been able to teach them so we've had uh, you know we write instructions and and then we teach them so yeah, language of course is uh, uh, that's true that was very challenging yeah. uh, in the first few years we had this student um, in in textiles and um, she couldn't uh, hear us. send uh, i could i didn't know uh, sign language and that's one of the reasons that she inspired me to do uh, masters in linguistics and i would write down instructions for her and she didn't have a grip over english as well so i would write them down in urdu and um, you know she's now doing very well she's working and it just gives you a lot of uh, satisfaction to see people like this and also the international students that we've had we've had students from nepal sri lanka uh, india uh and we've had some sark students from all over sark countries so that's been uh, quite an achievement and uh, we've been able to communicate with them and they've been able to communicate with us very well so we have a old friend of yours uh, also here online i see gwendolyn yes i see gwen yeah. hi gwen hello and i met Welcome. gwen also in uh, lahore yeah. uh, she's german and gwen was here in ahmedabad some years ago uh with a team from bauhaus so you know the circle has really been going around between me pakistan and uh, <laughs> the world hi gwen hello how are you i'm fine i'm fine just starting the semester tomorrow so everyone oh, wow. is kind of panic so uh gauri can we um, yes, can i share that uh, uh let's, see. Right. let's see what bnu looks like let's show uh, okay yeah so the mariam daud school of visual arts and design this is our campus and uh, well we were never uh, in, in this building from the very beginning we had like very very uh, you know humble beginnings um, so um, in the beginning uh, 2003 i think we um, had this small area in the center of the city and that's how we started um, uh, myself uh, rashid rana uh, our current dean some of the founding members that started with this vision and uh, you know uh, our mentors uh, especially mrs salima ashmi and then we um, you know from that one room um, we started working it was a very uh, extraordinary time we were uh, sort of brainstorming every day working on the curriculum and uh, lots of uh, extra hours of work and you just didn't feel tired because there was so so much energy and then uh, a year later of course um, we didn't have enough space so from the center of the city we moved to this remote area which is now right so adjacent to this building was this um, abandoned uh, space called the chili factory 
and it was exactly what it says. It was an abandoned chili factory. So when you went there, you felt the smell of chilies and you felt that pungent smell and your eyes were pinching. And so that's how we inhabited it. And uh, we became chilies ourselves in, ourselves in that environment. Uh, you could feel the red chili powder. But, but that first batch, you know, it was um, really uh, heartbreaking to see them work with us and in the most difficult circumstances. And so I remember that, you know, we had no air conditioners and our vice chancellor at that time, I remember like any other university, we did have budget constraints. And so I told my vice chancellor, uh, vice chancellor I said, sir, you give me, um, you know, equipment and good faculty and I, I don't need tables and chairs. And so that's exactly what we did. We, um, you know, we bought an old piece of carpet. We sat on the floor and with my students and we worked. And that batch, the first one, I think is, is closest to my heart because it was almost like uh, Bauhaus stories. And I would tell them Bauhaus stories as well, you know, when um, uh, I would tell them how these students used to work in, in candlelight and how they worked and, you know, hours of uh, dedication. And then a few years later, you know, we got this land and then this building came up. And I remember the first time we sort of started shifting, it was just overwhelming, you know, from one room to a chili factory and to a space that was, you know, breathable and open and, you know, it had huge grounds. Um, so these were our, you know, beginnings. Um, next slide, please, Anna. Okay, so they were, uh, you know, core values that we thought as a team we would uh, work on. And some of the most important things were, you know, an independent vision amongst our students and, and faculty. And uh, to structure our program in a way that, you know, it's uh, interdisciplinary and people have the option of, uh, you know, choosing uh, a, from pool of electives. And, uh, of course, maintain a discursive environment, encourage dialogue. And by and large, to develop an environment where the students can look um, at it critically and, and creatively. Okay, so our uh, dean, my um, colleague, and now our dean, Rashid Rana, who is a, a contemporary leading artist from South Asia. And uh, uh, he is an artist, curator, academic, and visionary. And he uh, cuts across you know, geographical boundaries. And his approach is very interdisciplinary. And that is how it trickles down to our vision and our philosophy at BNU. He is currently now the Dean of uh, Visual Arts at BNU. He is uh, responsible for the kind of vision that we have today at BNU. And his work um, uh, is part of many museum collections all over the world. And recently, uh, he was also awarded the Asia Game Changer Award. And recently, he's also received the Sitara Mtiaz from the government of Pakistan. This is his latest work. Uh, you might have seen it, the Dubai at uh, Dubai Expo 2020, the Pakistan Pavilion. Um, the next slide, please. The how architecture and, and art is coming together, and he's represented uh, seasons um, of uh, Pakistan and uh, with the vivid colors of the facade uh, through uh, the cladding that he's designed. Okay, so this is the pavilion. This is uh, Rashid Sahib himself. This is BNU building now. Um, so the building has been designed by one of the leading architects in Lahore, Nayar Ali Dada and Associates. And uh, so the building is, is four stories. It has central courtyards and it has many open spaces. And the idea is that, you know, there's a lot of interaction between students from different floors so they can see each other, their open spaces, lots of daylight. And now we have these green, lush green uh, grounds uh, and the trees are slowly uh, coming up. And um, 
you know it's being inhabited and it's coming to life now the central courtyard has um, you know a lot of activity that takes place um, next please so um, you can see um, the drawing class here taking place uh, so this happens during good weather uh, during spring otherwise summer and winter is quite intense uh, this is another uh, uh, from my department an exercise that my colleague roma founded with her students so the idea is that you know everybody uh, becomes part of this open space and it's it's uh, enjoyable how students can see each other and and interact and see what's happening below uh, even if they're not on the ground floor so this is a, a performance that uh, roma students uh, some of our studios the bench looms at the back this is a class called techniques and processes where students were working with different materials and uh, clay in, in in this particular course these are good old times uh, pre covid no masks and <laughs> students uh, you know enjoying themselves in the studios <laughs> uh, and so at the end of uh, semester we usually have uh, you know crits and some thing called open day that roma will mention at the end of this presentation so by and large the entire uh, student body they uh, display uh, the work that they've done each and uh, every course uh, so this is just one of the crits um, at bnu we have um, four to five degree program so we have uh, a visual arts uh, degree and then we have visual communication design uh, we have textile fashion and accessory uh, which i am heading and then we also have something called aida interdisciplinary expanded design and art and that is what the name shows it is interdisciplinary so students in that degree program are able to select their own course and their own path and they can take multiple electives and they do not have to take a particular major so it's uh, you know very open ended and they can take electives from other uh, schools as well and then we have a masters in art and design and finally and masters in art education which is over three summers after 10 years of bnu um, some of the core members um, and head of departments our dean asked us to look at what we had done these 10 years and uh, think about what we had done and what went wrong and what what was right and therefore we uh, so you know sat together lots of brainstorming sessions and we realized that there was one thing that we all felt was miss missing so he asked us he said you know uh, design your dream program what do you want to do with your program what's missing and something that uh, i realized and my other colleagues as well um that um you know i thought that there were there should be a pool of electives from where students should be free to choose and so that is exactly what we did uh, this uh, shows the first year foundation where you have prerequisites and you know compulsory courses and this is the english writing course i'm talking about it is for students who are struggling maybe with the language and it's a zero credit course uh, then these four orange boxes are what uh, um we called shared blue pool electives so every department was offering uh, you know a pool of electives and students were free in foundation year to choose whatever they want to to according to their interest and the red area is what is called the major studio so if you are a textile or a fashion or a visual art student you have a major studio and you choose from a pool of electives uh, that you think is revolves around uh, your area of interest and what is interesting is that by the time they come to eighth semester seventh and eighth semester which is thesis year uh, somehow whatever they have studied in their pools um, of swad electives uh, injects uh, into their major practice and their major studio and what you get is is diversity in what each and every student is doing and that becomes uh, very interesting so when you have textile fashion and accessory students uh, maybe interacting here in this studio 
there is a new kind of dynamic energy that um, that is created inside uh, Okay, so TFA program, since I'm heading that, so I'm, I'm going to talk a little more about that, the textile fashion and accessory program. Uh, we have, uh, you know, four uh, uh, philosophical uh, approaches. So we try uh, that it is interdisciplinary. It's uh, because of the curricular strategy. It's the only program in the country that allows uh, a collapsible degree under one umbrella. It's socially responsible. Uh, so there's something that I felt for a very long time, um, you know, giving back to the craft community, because I thought if we uh, produce, uh, you know, a student who is socially conscious, that thinker uh, must be able to not only give back to the community, but must also give credit and do some kind of intervention and help the craft community of our country. We, uh, sadly, uh, in Pakistan, we have not uh, sort of, you know, uh, given enough weightage to our crafts. Um, as as compared to India, it's it's heartbreaking to see some of our craftsmen uh, struggling as well. So this was something that I really thought was important, uh, you know, as my social responsibility. So this is injected into the program in a in a you know very responsible way. And, and Roma, my colleague here, will talk about some projects that the TFA department um, has done with communities. Then of course it's research based uh, for the students to look at things critically and analyze things. And finally, our aim is to produce thought leaders, those thinker designers who are leaders um, in their field uh, in whatever they do. So for us, uh, textile is maybe not just um, you know fabric uh, or yarn. It can be something next. It can be something um, that is woven in plastic uh, or or uh, you know other other uh, materials. So this is a student uh, who was looking at. Um, uh, verbal abuse uh, in uh, in a relationship, and she was a victim herself uh, in her marriage, and therefore she looked at uh, how women were treated, and she uh, went to certain shelter homes. She identified case studies about ten to twelve women. She listened to their stories, did intensive research, and then she uh, rep representing those women. She did a lot of weaving, and and these. Um, these woven structures are actually the narrative and the stories of those women who then eventually come together in this installation and empower uh, each other. Then we had this student, uh, Huda, and she was working on a partition and she um, looked at um, some um, family uh, vintage suitcases that she discovered. And so she came up with this idea of, uh, you know, statement boxes. Uh, where she used uh, uh, some images of her ancestral home and uh, certain stories that came down to her and she developed these fabricated uh, pieces. And we, since I say that we, are, we try to be interdisciplinary, this is a student, Saima, and she was working with conventional embellishment materials, but uh, she was developing light structures, although her inspiration was from insect praying mantis, but it was like a bridge between jewelry and, and textiles. Then for us, we usually think that, you know, textile is um, maybe something that we use for curtains or upholstery or something we wear. But at BNU, at, at the TFA department, we also try to see if textile can be an experience. Hence, uh, some of our students uh, in their thesis have also, uh, you know, designed spaces that can be experienced and uh, expressed uh, through textile as a platform. So this was a student who uh, uh, was working on her dreams and she developed uh, this um, space uh, 
these were her drawings and she translated them onto fabric. And this was a space uh, that one could experience and experience the dreamland that she was trying uh, to uh, sort of uh, convey to her viewers. So this is in fabric, this wall? This is in, this is in fabric, yes. Okay. Then um, a textile pieces where, uh, you know, uh, textiles became a, a marketing strategy. And uh, Umair was uh, taking inspiration from uh, the human body and he uh, came up uh, with this idea of a kiosk, uh, a portable shop where he developed um, this mobile shop that opened up and it became a marketing uh, strategy. Uh, next, please. And it also became a coffee shop because there are two chairs in it as well. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, Zainab Tima's work, uh, she was working on uh, a, a song, Enigma, if some of you must remember, this is like, I think my childhood song, <laughs> but uh, she was working on, on uh, the mystery attached to the song and uh, what she felt. Uh, uh, so she took sound as an inspiration and uh, uh, she uh, took inspiration from the structure of the ear and then uh, the Enigma attached to the song and she uh, divided into three areas mystic uh, void and wild and the three areas of the installation you could actually walk through it uh, they uh, represented the three stages uh, that she was trying to uh, convey next please so this was the wild phase i think uh, this was the mysterious phase and uh, so they were like glow in the dark uh, uh, lights uh, and fiber inside Next, please. So next, please. So textiles, uh, I feel, is a world of its own. And I feel that, you know, textiles is something that uh, that has such a vast umbrella. So apart from, you know, textile art, uh, textiles in space, uh, students also do commercially viable projects. So this student of ours, she took door as a metaphor. And she was talking about uh, the door dividing private space vis-a-vis um, -vis, uh, public space. Uh, so the private space, it encloses um, you know, private compartments. And uh, uh, so she developed furniture and she had like uh, sort of some secret compartments that uh, showed that uh, private space. So these were, um, you know, the secret compartments and the door being used as a metaphor. So um, we also do, as I said, commercially viable projects. Um, uh, so this student uh, was developing a coffee shop and she did interior viable solutions, uh, you know, wall surfaces, and she was taking inspiration from coffee beans and she developed, uh, you know, she used bark and fabric and she developed certain um, uh, furniture pieces as well. Next, uh, this student was uh, developed, she took inspiration from candy and she developed this uh, play area for children in school. And she also was using, uh, you know, reusing uh, materials. So things like, you know, discarded fabrics from tailors, et cetera, pieces of foam. And she was also using uh, elastic bands and rubber bands too. Uh, so the, the floor, on the floor, the rug was made from uh, elastic uh, bands and rubber bands. Uh, next, this student was looking at the Lahore's uh, skyline and she um, uh, worked with the interior design solutions. Uh, and she came up with the furniture pieces that were collapsible and they could be changed into um, uh, other forms. Uh, and then she also developed um, wallpaper designs as well. Um, this student of ours, um, she was working on consumerism um, and she uh, uh, looked at all the products she used in a day and she realized that, you know, how many things we use in a day, uh, you know, some essential products and some non-essential. 
So she uh, looked at all these things, um, did a lot of research, and then finally she came up with this uh, idea of quilts and cushions uh, that were inspired from uh, uh, consumerism. All right. Yeah, so these were the lies. And we also do paperwork uh, because some students do tend to enter uh, the industry and you know paperwork is something that uh, is sort of a requirement for those who do work, want to work in, the, in that area. So this is uh, an assignment, uh, a third year assignment that uh, is inspired from um, uh, Shakir Ali, one of our leading uh, old masters. And uh, these are some extractions from um, from her uh, portfolio and then uh, some more developments. So the end of semester crit, um, this is um, what students uh, come up with at the end of semester, lots of paperwork that they put up. Uh, this is a third year assignment that um, Roma does with her class. So uh, after their initial inspiration, they develop mood boards and then they develop fabricated samples. And uh, finally, uh, they do, um, uh, they, they convert those designs uh, from paper to uh, various fabricated samples. Uh, next is also a mood board design. I think it's my internet. Okay. Then uh, the fiber art is something that I, I feel very strongly about because I feel that, you know, textiles and fiber is something that is a huge, great platform uh, as a the medium of expression and uh, students are generally you know either they they are allowed to take whatever track they want to so either in their final thesis they can work like a commercially viable designer and make products or they can work like a fiber artist and uh, use uh, that platform to uh, uh, to uh, sort of express uh, their uh, ideas so this is uh, one of our students who was working with microfiber and he is now uh, a practicing fiber artist but he also works uh, for the industry. So this is uh, all uh, fiber, even the needle was made by microfibers. Uh, he has exhibited uh, in, in uh, Pakistan as well, in Karachi at Sanat Gallery, uh, etc. Next. So, so uh, Eman Gilani, she used uh, uh, textiles as a medium of uh, expression for Urdu literature. So this was inspired by her grandfather's um, uh, books that he wrote, uh, and these are some of her textile pieces. This is also a development work, Mazi Hal Mustaqbil, uh, and this is uh, another student Isha's thesis work where she used textiles, digital print, and actual pieces from her ancestral home um, uh, to recreate um, uh, uh, the, the attachment that she had uh, with her ancestral home. And her topic was decay. So uh, that area is, is decaying now. This is also her work. Next. Then social issues. So, um, you know, textile is, as I said, a huge platform to, uh, you know, express. So Amna Hamid was working on social taboos and the fact that uh, women, uh, you know, in our society are generally told to be silent. So this is a tagline that she used was, uh, you know, Khamosh um, So she looked at gender um, uh, and she looked at how uh, certain things were, uh, you know, stereotypes and next please, and gender discrimination uh, as a form of um, expression. Uh, so she also looked at how uh, women, uh, you know, dressed in a particular way uh, were required to behave in a particular way and not maybe, you know, ask questions. So one of her pieces um, uh, shows the dichotomy of, uh, of address with uh, the act uh, and uh, then she was also using um, so 
here she is using Urdu text and the, the, the dichotomy of the cigarette with uh, uh, her um, abaya and her, uh, you know, the tasbih as well. Um, so Khamosh Rao, you know, uh, this is what something that she was experiencing and again and again uh, that women had to face uh, in our part of the world. Uh, then we also have, uh, you know, students who uh, look at um, research as a form of uh, expression and uh, research-based thesis. So this student was looking at her uh, uh, the area that she belonged to, Damas in Gilgil, Baldistan, and she was focusing on Hulza, Gilgit, and Damas, and she looked at the craftspersons and the craft that was, uh, you know, um, a form of ornamentation over there, and she was she actually actually looked at her area and how geographical changes had taken place. And she looked at Google Maps and how over the years, over decades, that area had disintegrated and how the craft was, you know, now just in certain areas. And she mapped that in textiles. Next, please. So this is her installation. It was in muslin and the muslin she uh, developed herself. Uh, and then uh, she mapped certain areas where the craft was still alive um, she of course visited these areas as well um, you will see in the next slide there's a close-up of the kind of craft that was taking place um, so and then she developed a key uh, to explain her map so these were th certain areas uh, where hand embroidery was taking place and the kind of craft that was uh, there and some of uh, the contouring that had sort of affected that area uh, over decades Okay, Maria was uh, looking at wabi-sabi as the Japanese technique and how the, the cracks, you know, are used. And she was comparing those cracks and those golden lines to um, the, the lines on her mother's forehead and the struggles that her mother had gone through. So she, these were all, um, you know, handmade uh, silk uh, pieces, silk muslin. And uh, she showed uh, certain uh, uh, lines through uh, gold to show the beauty of her uh, mother's uh, forehead. Wow. And these are some of her sampling pieces. This is when she was sampling and she was working on the loom um, with gold thread. Okay. This is Anam's work, my colleague here. Anam, if you would like to talk about your work. This project was called Galti uh, Atkan. Galti, I'm sure we all know, means mistake. And Atkan means mistakes that you, you know, the pause where you think even before making the mistake. So this was based on the idea of that and the idea of uh, neutralizing pain. So the idea of understanding that beauty comes from understanding pain very, very deeply. And I wanted to explore these ideas as uh, I've gone through this certain trauma in my childhood. So this was my way of depicting it in tangible form. Over here, I used materials such as organza and cotton and also felt. So all these materials had to do something with the touch of the hand or basically the sense of touch. So the idea was to tangibly create um, an aspect of the mind, an aspect that you can walk through and experience. Uh, so I think Ma'am Kiran has just explained quite extensively about how we work on creating experiences as well. So um, in this way, I wanted to sort of bring in that conceptuality so everyone can tangibly walk through, experience the state of mind that I'd gone through. So this was that. And here are some more um, images. Texture was very, very important in my thesis to me. So as a textile uh, people, I feel like, you know, texture is generally important, but when it comes to tangibility, it's something that can really, really 
make it go one step further. And this is Aruj Masa's work. And now I'll okay. Uh, so um, okay, so Aruj was uh, also one of our graduates, and uh, in her thesis, she was looking at the pursuit of perfection and uh, her childhood trauma of uh, losing her father. And uh, she looked at you know various photographs from her childhood and. Uh, she used dimensionality in um, you know, her uh, expression of materials. Kiran, you're the only person I know who's uh, uh, who was on mute and I, we can still be here. You no, I actually logged in from my phone as well because that's I thought right. that... <laughs> because I thought uh, uh, my, my internet was lagging behind. That's why. Okay. Uh, so this is also Aruji's work. Okay, so this is another student um, who was working on child marriage and she used the char charpai as a metaphor, uh, you know, as a, a representation of what uh, a young bride goes through. And, um, and then uh, she also herself being a victim uh, was trying to narrate holistically and uh, approach a larger audience of what this means for uh, you know, young girls and the kind of trauma and mental stress they go to, through. Okay, so craft is something that, as I said, very close to my heart. Uh, and it's something that I really think we need uh, to look into. So um, students indulge in a lot of um, techniques. So we do you know, tie and die with them. And we also do intervention projects as well. Um, so one of our students, a SARC student, like I said, we do have students uh, you know, from all over uh, Southeast Asia. And this is a SARC student from Bangladesh. By Noel, and he was... Um, he worked and developed dadis and he um, uh, used natural dyes and, uh, and did this fabulous amount of work um, that he came up with in the tones and uh, you know, colors that he used. These are some of the materials that he used to dye his yarn, uh, pure wool, and then he uh, developed and uh, used weaving, uh, on loom weaving as a technique. Uh, these are some of his pieces and some detail, organic wool, um, natural dyed. As much as I wanted him to stay, he has gone back to Bangladesh and he's doing very well. So this is him uh, here with the, one of the weavers uh, in Lahore. Next, please. Okay, this is a project that Roma did with her class. So I'd like to ask her to explain this. Right, thank you. Um, so again, a lot of these works that we've been viewing are final year thesis projects. And uh, we do several assignments that kind of lead towards uh, these works. Uh, this project I call Dastan Goi, and it is uh, basically telling Dastan stories through textiles. So we look at a lot of indigenous textiles where there are already embedded stories like the Persian shikargas, uh, the chambarumals, um, the palampurs, all of them are telling stories. We look at them in a, in a great detail, and then students come up with their own narratives um, that they can tell in the kind of skeletal reference coming from those uh, indigenous uh, textiles. Um, so this fusion kind of and learning from the tradition, they, it empowers them, equips them with the, with the indigenous uh, techniques and uh, materials. And then they're able to kind of, you know, follow uh, through uh, their, their concepts and execute them. Okay, so this is another uh, this is another piece. Uh, this is a thesis project of a student who worked uh, on the walls of uh, the Lahore Fort, and he took images and he tried to recreate 
uh, those walls with contemporary materials. It was, again, you had to kind of, you know, uh, experience it. This was really three-dimensional. The pictures don't do uh, justice, but he created a whole space that was recreating a wall of a fort. All right. This is a student, Asra, and she um, used a craft of uh, cross-stitch, and she developed these uh, rugs on uh, jute. And uh, because she couldn't find the right kind of jute, so then she used the yarn, and then she had to weave the jute herself. And on top of that, then she used a cross-stitch um, as a technique. Next, please. Uh, this is uh, a project, um, a kanat, uh, that is something, uh, I don't know if you have a kanat over there, but I'm sure you do. This is a Shamiana's kanat that is now um, slowly, you know, disintegrating and we don't find it anymore. So this is a student who developed um, this kanat that uh, was custom made. It was uh, handmade uh, using applique and, and uh, hand embellishment on uh, the adda. Okay, Roma, you want to talk about this? Um, this is, uh, again, an indigenous technique from Cholistan, where they use camel hair to weave drugs. And she's used the technique to make uh, these, these fusion drugs, where she's uh, using existing drugs and then replicating some of the techniques to make these contemporary um, compositions. Yes, this comes from, uh, I don't know if you have, it's done on an eight-shaft loom. Um, and uh, Multan is known um, to... Uh, to make this craft. And uh, this student has uh, recreated the case on a 20 paddle loom. Um, and she's, this has many layers and uh, you know, many structures uh, in it. Okay, this one is uh, a very, very uh, special student and a very special project for us. Um, this student uh, went to Haripur, which is very far away from where we are and worked with artisans and learned the craft of Kulkari. And um, she created next, uh, what she created eventually out of the craft, of the traditional craft of Pulkari uh, was a narrative based on uh, uh, an incident here that happened where a school uh, was attacked by terrorists and about 165 students lost their lives. So the, these are images and scenes from uh, the footages uh, that came out when, when the school was attacked. And she used the Pulkari, which is from that region, to kind of illustrate uh, what had happened. Yes, this is again her work. And she's now working uh, in Canada. And well, we'll talk about her. Uh, she's, uh, she's conducting Pulkari workshops and at uh, various museums, institutes. And in fact, somebody uh, from Canada uh, came here for a residency and had been taught by her. Uh, so a very famous artist, Ranveer, uh, what was his name? Uh, I'm forgetting his exact name, Ranveer uh, Singh, I think. Not the, not the actor, <laughs> but uh, he out of textiles. But he, uh, he has had been, he had learned Kulkari from her. He's, he was from a Kashmiri family um, and he uh, has, is practicing textile embroidery and paint together. Um, this is uh, a Gota. Uh, the student tried to recreate Gota and uh, she uh, got it uh, recreated the way it was originally done uh, from pure silver. Uh, and, and then she used the Sucha Gota, as we call it, 
to uh, make garments and she made various weaves out of it and then she made and then she developed motifs using this uh, gota this uh, student was again um, like we're talking about telling stories this student spoke about the relationship that uh, she had with her father and uh, how she could not and this is the patriarchal setup here Uh, and i think it's the same across south asia that fathers and daughters probably do not have that kind of uh, relationship or there is some kind of a barrier or at least she did and she was coming from a feudal family so she took a very famous poem by uh, a famous um, uh, poet here it's called hamesha der kar deta hu and she appropriated it and she said hamesha ruk jati hu main aur main what she was trying to say is that main unko hug karna chahti hu main unke paas aana chahti hu magar hamesha ruk jati hu and she illustrated that uh, through making these quilts and dulais um and these were scenes from her village that she was uh, embroidering all right thank you roma okay so uh, reinventing textiles like i said that you know the boundaries blur between disciplines so textile fashion and accessories is something that you know they cross over uh, areas and cross over disciplines so this was a textile student but she did uh, this thesis which was multifunctional and she came up uh, with this pakistani superhero so we have all these superheroes that we've imported from the west and she thought that you know why don't we have a local superhero so she developed for a superhero <laughs> <laughs> yeah why are we following all these western superheroes so she said okay my superhero is pakistani and she took inspiration from you know the local context she used origami as a uh, form and she developed these modular structures that were multifunctional um these are some of her fabric samples in leatherite as well and uh, she made these uh, structures that were um, sort of um, they could be transformed into bags and they were fashion garments as well and there was textile in it as well so it was a bridge between textile fashion uh, and accessories uh, this was a, a wall that she developed uh, but the uh, garments in itself were like creative three dimensional Uh, pieces yeah so these were her uh, final pieces and they could be detached and they became uh, bags as well clutch bags and and otherwise as well and they could be worn as garments as well uh, then we also have like i said textile fashion and accessory we have a fashion department where the students uh, can focus on fashion um, as a specialization uh, next please and uh, they indulge in a lot of uh, technical work as well such as draping um and um, next uh, so this student uh, this is a final thesis garment she took inspiration from corals and she was looking at the textures and movement of uh, corals uh, next please uh, this student was looking uh, at sufism and um, uh, you know its different stages and how uh, the kalam and qalia uh, karam uh, she took inspiration from calligraphy as well and she then uh, developed that and made samples and then that went into her garment so these are her initial sketches and then it was uh, materialized into her um, actual garment this is uh, the garment and the shoot for the garment inspired from and this is another student uh, this is the shoot was just before the catalog comes out after the garments are ready this was inspired by makli tunes uh, in sindh and she took um, you know motifs and uh, inspiration and color inspiration from there next please the jewelry is an accessories department uh, is also um, under tfa also it is a small department but we do have facilities that students can avail and next so they have a, a jewelry lab where they 
use various um, techniques uh, under the supervision of our lab attendant. Uh, they also do they also do uh, casting and other techniques, and then come up with uh, final jewelry pieces that are more like statement pieces. Um, uh, this was a student who was working on dyslexia. Next, please. And this was another student, Sidra, who uh, developed this ring. Next, please. Finally, at BNU, we believe, you know, in the originality of ideas. And like I said, you know, the designer who, who's a thinker as well. And so reinventing textiles. Uh, so the idea is that, you know, you can experiment with so many materials. And so um, metal turns into a textile narrative as well. So this is also a student's work. And she was using her ancestral um, uh, pieces. And then she... Um, uh, was in, using embroidery as well on those pieces. Uh, the Hamnava project is something very close to our heart. It is a community-based project that was led by my faculty member here, Roma. And Roma, over to you. Right. So this was a project that uh, we trained uh, 200 women in the outskirts of uh, a district, district called Adipur. And uh, this involved, um, we were traveling to this area for a about a good eight months back and forth, sending them works. And they were uh, reproducing with us. It involved color training, product training, um, aesthetics uh, training. And eventually we, it culminated into an exhibition. I, I hope we're uh, within time. I think we've, uh, we're going yes. over time. Uh, Anam, uh, we can keep going because this, yeah. So we've been doing a lot of uh, community uh, outreach uh, projects. This project won us the uh, McJanet Prize by Telwar Network, uh, Tufts University. And it, uh, th this was how the centers were when we first went. And finally, uh, yeah, we can keep going. Uh, the exhibition uh, looked something like this. And the objective of the exhibition was to provide market linkages between the artisans and uh, designers here. Uh, we hosted a Rural Women's Day um, where we uh, invited artisans to come to campus and uh, we had a, a, a dialogue with them. Uh, we exchanged stories, ideas on uh, our working practices and uh, it was greatly beneficial uh, for, for both communities um, to, to get to know each other and the working space that we have. Next. Um, again, this uh, we've designed a curriculum for an NGO called Karava, uh, where uh, which is uh, used to teach, uh, which is currently also being used to teach uh, about sixteen hundred women. So we taught, uh, we made the curriculum for color, uh, line, um, texture, and how all of these things kind of contribute to the product that they're making. So different. Uh, set of objectives. This project we're currently doing, we just came back from um, these workshops. We're working with UNESCO. We're, um, the objective of this is to, to build capacities for tourism in certain select sites, which are uh, heritage sites uh, identified by UNESCO. So there are Gurdwaras, there are uh, very old uh, temples, there are um, shrines, Sufi shrines. So there is a Sikh trail and there's a Sufi trail. And uh, some of it is really lost because people, the government has not taken enough action. Uh, the people there are not uh, providing kind of uh, an environment where uh, tourists can come and experience uh, these, these uh, historical um, uh, heritage sites the way they should be. So we, we went around these areas, identified people who could uh, possibly uh, go back to the community and 
uh, uplift that uh, environment. And we did um, trainings on aesthetics, storytelling, hygiene and presentation, which we feel is very, very important. And then all of uh, select people from each of those three trainings were given training of digital marketing and branding. Uh, and then they, they were equipped to uh, run their own online businesses. So this just happened. It's right now in its kind of uh, reporting phase and uh, following uh, the, the workshops, we will have some, uh, we will have an exhibition and some advocacy with the government. So we need, yeah, wish us luck for that. Uh, this is one of the shrines that we visited. This is the Bibi Jivendi temple. Uh, this is a Sadiqar palace in uh, the mosque in uh, Bahawalpur. Um, this is again the Bibi Jivendi temple, uh, which is being restored as we speak. Uh, but again, there is there is so much around it that that people uh, need to know, and the the access to it is very limited. So uh, our objective is to uh, augment that. Um, right. So we have. Uh, we have a set of very uh, accomplished uh, alumni. This student uh, of ours, Faha Javed, he's running. Again, like we say that our students, um, when they graduate from the department, they, they, can, they can choose various paths. So the student, although he uh, graduated from the textile department, he's running a uh, buying house, trading internationally with Zara, Mango Republic, and has his own production unit now. Um, so they are equipped. There are courses like marketing, branding, uh, technology that equip them to uh, become entrepreneurs. Uh, this student of ours, again, uh, because craft is very close to her, she's working with a very prestigious brand here uh, generation, and she's heading their cottage line. So she's she's heading uh, um, a section where about a uh, hundred or more artisans are working, and she's working uh, to uh, enhance their capacities. Next. Uh, this is the student I spoke uh, uh, earlier about. Her name is Rafia, and she's uh, conducting Pulkari workshops across Canada for now. And uh, we hope that this will become global because she's learned with the artisans themselves. Next. So this is the craft of Pulkari, what it can do uh, and what she's been doing with it. Um, this our student, Amna Rizwan, she's a Fulbright scholar and went on. Um, she's a jewelry designer by training, but then went on to the Cranbrook Academy of Art for metalsmithing, and now is heading the jewelry department at Pakistan Institute of Fashion Design, and also running her own jewelry brand. Uh, this student of ours uh, from the first, very first batch, uh, like Ma'am Karen said, uh, the star batch. This he's doing his currently he's doing his PhD uh, in Sweden and is working as a fiber artist, and um, uh, was also heading another uh, textile department here at a prestigious institute before he left. Fahad Hussain is uh, one of the country's top designers. He graduated from uh, the textile department, but is working as a fashion designer and often says that it is the, the knowledge of surfaces uh, that he acquired here at BNU that helps him stand apart because a lot of the famous designers here are, are from a fashion school. So uh, that's him. Next, that's his work. Okay, so... Uh, this is from another, uh, um, we're, because we're talking about BNU and the art and design uh, depart, uh, school at BNU. This is from uh, a graduate, Ghulam um, Mohammed. He uh, won uh, Naksh um, Jamil uh, um, Award, and he's known to work with letters and alphabets and um, 
he was awarded this prize, Jamil Prize in 2011. Um, it's a very prestigious prize for those of us who know. Basir has been working internationally. He's been working as a, again, it's difficult to categorize what he does, but he works uh, in a lot of temporal media. Uh, he has, uh, he won an, um, a residency at the Rights Academy. And since then he's been in between Amsterdam, um, Berlin and Lahore, uh, working with different uh, projects. He won the Abraj Capital Award also. Kubra Khadmi is an um, Afghan uh, student of ours, uh, again, a Sark student, who's also uh, now working between Kabul and uh, Paris. Um, our alumni from the uh, Visual Communication Design Department are also doing uh, stellar works. Shezel has been featured uh, in various uh, international platforms, CNN, BBC. Uh, she's heading a, um, a design uh, organization here and is working a lot on the feminist uh, kind of visual culture. Another graduate of ours, Hasib Sami Khan, he's uh, working um, independently and is providing uh, creative solutions to uh, advertising agencies and other brands that require photography services. But uh, he, he's also doing uh, some great work uh, in packaging and branding. Um, this is so like uh, Ma'am Kiran mentioned, we do have an open day every uh, every um, fall. By the At the end of the semester, we have an open day where, stu where, where students exhibit the, the work that best of their works they've done uh, throughout the year and they're exhibited and uh, they're open to public. Uh, we have uh, pioneered a design kind of a um, conference. Um, there's no really discussion on design as uh, you uh, also, Anuj, when we were talking in the uh, beginning, you were telling how um, there's a dearth of uh, platforms here. Uh, India is, I think, still far ahead. In Pakistan, um, there are really no conferences on design. So we, um, we started um, this uh, a summit called the Design Summit, and we've had uh, about two prologues, uh, and we plan to have a, a big uh, event soon. We uh, host a couple of events. Uh, the there is one very uh, popular event here that is called Emigo. Uh, okay, yeah. to be a um, a founding director of this uh, festival, uh, and it's uh, nothing fest. So. It's everything but nothing. The idea is that we bring uh, people who are not from art and design uh, to talk about nothing. <laughs> um, but within the idea of nothing, there is of course the world uh, within the nothingness. So we have physicists, uh, we have lawyers, we have activists who come and talk about uh, the idea of nothing. And within nothing, we've had um, blank as a theme uh, this one time where people spoke about blank uh, as, as, as a broader theme, we've had without uh, as a theme. So, so it's, uh, it's a festival that we have that uh, brings different uh, scholars and uh, practitioners together. Festival is a central uh, event that we have, which means that it is hosted by the central admin. Uh, like I said, BNU is seven different schools. So, uh, and there is a central admin and uh, festival is again, a very popular event where uh, students from all over the city and now maybe even country come 
and participate in different uh, activities. And um, yeah, there are cultural nights, there's a music night, there's a fashion show, there is- And this is very popular because they get to miss classes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. And they're outdoors and they just love to say we're busy with festivals. So yes, that's it. <laughs> that's it. All right, thank you. That was fantastic. I, I think uh, one of the best, best uh, culmination of textile work together. Thank you very much. That was. Uh, I, I tried looking for the work in between. I tried BNU. Uh, I was to research for. You know, so I looked it up and I I didn't see many. But uh, also I said, okay, maybe I should just wait and be patient rather than be wanting. But this is quite a, a great variety of work, and I can see that the influence of uh, being near the art college uh, because uh, uh, wherever I've gone, most of the uh, Indian textile colleges are very, uh, uh, of course, very craft-based also and very uh, industry-based. Uh, there is very few colleges, probably very few, that uh, uh, looks at uh, art and textile uh, at that level. Uh, so, because you being part of the text, uh, art campus, uh, I guess uh, uh, the influence is very clear and uh, you know it's uh, magnificent because it, you, you, you obviously learning the craft of textile, but you're not just sticking to only one part of it, which is covering the body or uh, covering the window spaces. It is also looking at the um, uh, sensorial and multi-purpose use of it, which which is quite evident. So. Uh, that was quite uh, fantastic. It doesn't happen that much in India. It does happen a lot in your European countries. That's uh, wherever I've gone, their approach is very art based. But here I saw art, craft, and so uh, uh, fantastic uh, array of uh, work. So congratulations, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think, I think we haven't done enough justice to craft. You know, um, we look a lot of uh, for a lot of inspiration. Uh, to India for uh, craft revival. I think you, people have done a great, great job with uh, giving a platform uh, to the crafts person. We, we do have a lot of craft, uh, just to be, um, uh, even though we, we don't feel that we are so successful because uh, there's so much craft and there's so many craftsmen all across the country. It's, fair, it's impossible to reach out to everybody, but yeah, Craft is coming back into the thing after, uh, you know, like we lost. So what is the state of, uh, because a lot of fabric, uh, textile craft specifically, is used uh, in garments and in interiors of the house. Uh, what is uh, how? What is the perspective of the common man towards designing? I mean, because, I mean, one is to produce good, good designers and good uh, artists. Uh, then where do you consume? Where do they get utilize what they've learned from you? Because that's been uh, uh, worrying everywhere because if the consumer isn't grown up to the standard of the knowledge that you're imparting to a uh, student, if the demand isn't right, I can I can take that. And of course, uh, Ma'am Kiran would probably uh, also like to add to that. You see, the thing is that um, uh, over here, the, there's only one fashion uh, school. Um, and the fashion school, when it was made, I think about, uh, and again, Ma'am Kiran was there also, 
when it was uh, made the first batch when they set out uh, nobody got jobs because nobody understood what fashion means um and the industry was not ready to uh, employ them because they were doing very well without them and now within 20 years uh, they've changed the whole uh, cultural landscape uh, there are uh, bridal shows happening there are couture shows happening and there are all sorts of things happening um and i i think the same is uh, happening with textiles uh, and the kind of textiles that we at least produce so one thing that happened for us and what worked was that we did not uh, and rashid saab the dean he often says that we did not have the shackles and the burdens of tradition when we started off which a lot of other institutes do uh, we did not wa- want to be burdened by them we wanted to uh, carve out a space for ourselves which would uh, where where our niche uh, would be uh, to to do something different and for us it was there were already three institutes uh, before us who were looking at industrial design nca the national college of arts is uh, based on the foundation of industrial design it started as an industrial design institute so uh, that that was already there and what could be different so when students come to us at least they when they come to my class i ask them have you been counseled do you know what you are in for um so there it's only people who are uh, artistically inclined uh, they kind of come and and as we at this year for example i think the the classic example is that um Uh, the textile show had the most footfall uh, it had the most traffic and was the most sold works uh, from all other departments so that is um, that is a trend that we are seeing changing of course it's going to to make that change uh, into a a complete cultural change will probably take time but we are taking those small steps and we see it happen and right in front of our eyes how the uh, literally the traffic has kind of you know started flowing towards the textile department even in terms of the numbers of applicants who come uh, to the department would you, you know, like to add i i can relate to that very easily because when i graduated from product design from nid back in the uh, late 80s or mid 80s i never got a job industry didn't want me right uh, i mean everyone said oh nice nice knowing you but uh, uh, will you work on the shop floor will you marketing but there is no job there's no work in design so i i i mean i started on my own and that's the whole thing has changed today designers are in demand industry has woken up and i'm sure that's happening everywhere it's it's a process we need to uh, just be a little patient about it we need to show our work a lot more and make people understand uh, the value of design but i mean that's just an aside uh, a reaction to what you just mentioned I just want to say congratulations fantastic work it is very nice and very exciting thank you to see the kind of work that you people have been doing all the best thank you so much thank you so much i just like to add uh, what amit ji was saying um you know um, i i roma is right attitudes are changing so the first few years it's it's been 25 years since i and my first batch the one i said was very close to my heart um when they went out to get jobs yes it was very difficult the reason being that um industry was either copying uh, designs uh, or they were just bringing in uh, fabric pieces uh, from uh, abroad and in europe and they were just replicating them 
So the idea of a designer um, entering the industry and then actually dictated, uh, dictating to them what they wanted was something so new. They were not used to it. They considered like a designer to be a draftsman. And initially they were not well accepted. They were not um, you know, well paid. And I literally had to um, fight with some of the industrialists that I spoke to on the telephone. And, and I said, you know, um, trends will come down from academia. Uh, we are, and I, I think I, st I still stick to, to that. I feel that it is academia that has to teach the industry certain standards, certain values and models. And, uh, and it has trickled down over the years. I think trends have changed. Students have been able to, you know, enter the industry and tell them that, no, we are not going to copy for you. We are not going to take designs from the internet and reproduce them. And, and you know, my, my student here, Anam, worked for Sapphire. And I think some of them struggled that way as well, because conceptually as well, you know, they, they, um, they had to fight that, uh, that battle. If anything you'd like to add, uh, Anam. I think commercially, there, there are a lot of things that are, you know, also along the lines of ethics a little bit for designers who, who study at, at, at an institute like Beacon House National University, because conceptuality and mind mapping and ideating your own original ideas and ind individuality is extremely important. So um, I feel like in that aspect, definitely academia, ha it has to come from academia. And if that takes a little bit of patience, I feel like it's worth it. बहुत सही बात कही आपने की क्योंकि ये जो सवाल है कि कहाँ से पुश कहाँ से डायरेक्शन आना चाहिए मार्केट का कभी-कभी ऐसा लगता है कि मार्केट से डायरेक्शन आता है मार्केट बदलता ही नहीं 20-25 साल और हम कहते रहते हैं अपने बच्चों को कि मार्केट की सुनो मार्केट क्या चाहता है जबकि हमें कहना चाहिए कि मार्केट सरफेस ऑर्नामेंटेशन की तरह ऊपर लगा के छोड़ दिया जाए और मीटिंग में खड़ा कर देते हैं कि भैया लीजिए अब आप इनसे बात कीजिए अंग्रेजी अच्छी बोल लेते हैं और प्रेजेंटेशन और फोटो वोटो ठीक ठाक खींच लेते हैं बट जब एक्चुअल में जहां पे बिना डरे कोई ख्याल आगे लेके जाना होता है तो थोड़ा उनको डर लगता है तो इट्स वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग टू हियर हाउ यू यू सेइंग दैट यू पुश योर स्टूडेंट्स टू गो इनटू द यू नो this thing and you tell the industries that the academia will define the trends and not the uh, the the market will define the trend market has to follow so which is fair i mean i mean of course some things will come from there as well but that's a very great point you made there. i i would like to say really i would like to you know pat your i mean pat your all backs you know it's it's wonderful that you are insisting that your students should you know have that individuality, that thought process, what uh, Kiranji said, like thinker designers. That's a very good word that you have given to your, you know, uh, identity, identifying your students in that sense. And that's awesome. I think the congratulations and you must just keep on Thank going and doing what you, you are doing. Thank I you think. so much. Amazing. So uh, we're really over time, much over time, and uh, we'll have to end here today. But I, I hope really for all of us, and that was also my idea with this tete-a-tete, to make this the starting point where more dialogue can happen between India and Definitely. Pakistan. Uh, we will bring Definitely. also Bangladesh at some point and the whole of South Asia. Uh, should be interacting more and more and learning and growing together. Um, more Definitely. are there. Uh, but what does it matter when we're talking about art? 
art has no border craft has no border right. design has no border and if we do it together i think we could really improve the way our countries are all uh, behaving uh, with yeah. we can design them better and we can design mindsets to think more aesthetically and more ethically so i am i'm really really happy that i was able to thank you so much gauri for inviting us and all thank of you, you so here. much i think we should give a clap to all <laughs> thank you so much for the warmth and love that we have ek baat mai kehna chahti hu aapko just ha yes ma'am mai ek baat kehna chahti hu chahe india ho chahe pakistan ho rag mein to ek hi khoon hai मतलब कल्चर जहां पर डीपली जाओगे अब जुड़ते ही जाओगे डिस्टेंस कम होता ही जाएगा और वो कल्चर जब समझ जाएंगे बेसिकली हम जब कल्चर समझ जाएंगे तो ये दूरिया भी चले जाएगा और चले जाएगा और डिजाइन सेम सारे भाषा डिजाइन के भाषा एक ही है जो ह्यूमैनिटी के बारे में बोलते हैं जो नेचुरल हो चाहे जो सबके दिल को छू जाता है उतना सिंपल है पर उतना भी एकदम अलग से भी दिखाए वो वो है मतलब मेरे हिसाब से वही डिजाइन होता है जो नॉर्मल जो लो पोर्शन में जो इंसान है उनको भी टच कर जाए थैंक यू वेरी मच थैंक यू बहुत शुक्रिया बहुत बहुत शुक्रिया थैंक यू गौरी थैंक यू नो नो थैंक यू थैंक यू थैंक यू फॉर योर वर्ड्स